This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Wednesday, October the 12th, 2022. Remember, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast to bring you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling, whether it's WWE, AEW, or so many more. We're a daily podcast that's free, absolutely free, anywhere fine podcasts are made available, so definitely go ahead and check us out, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's get right into the headlines. Ryan Clark's writing in for E-Wrestling News. Three independent wrestlers are backstage for Dynamite. Now, three independent wrestlers are booked for tonight's AEW Dynamite TV tapings that are taking place in Toronto. Now, as of right now, there's no word on if they're actually appearing on Dynamite or Rampage or Dark. Now, according to a report from Fightful, TikTok and social media influence Voros twins will be at the show. The two were spotted with Chris Jericho last night. Now, additionally, Jody Thread is backstage for the TV tapings as well. He got a tryout in 2019 with WWE. We will keep you updated on everything that's happening right now for tonight's episode of Dynamite, which will be take place in Canada. For more information on all this, continue following E-Wrestling News, and we will bring you more. Continuing on, Ryan Clark's writing in AEW Files Trademark for Application for varsity athletes. Now on October 7th, All Elite Wrestling filed a trademark for the term varsity athletes for Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Now it's a brand new trademark that has been filed. This is leading many to believe that that tag team is now going to be taken more seriously in the world of AEW and the tag team division. With more information on all this, continue following E-Wrestling News and more information on the tag team will be forthcoming. Julia Hart's making news at this hour. Ryan Clark's writing in for E-Wrestling News. Julia Hart reveals Malachi Black's reaction to her pitch to join the House of Black. Now, during a recent appearance on AEW Unrestricted Podcast, AEW wrestler Julia Hart commented on pitching the idea of her joining the House of Black and Malachi Black's reaction to all of this. Now, on the pitch itself, she says, Oh my gosh, I was sitting on the stairs and I've been sitting there for months and thinking about it. I actually don't know how long I actually was there, but, you know, it actually feels like it was never going to happen. So I was like, you know what? I just got to do it. At some point, I have to say something. I might not get this chance again, so I can't waste it. It's going to be a big moment. And then I pitched it, and then it happened. When Malachi misted me, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be something totally different for me. Him misting me could create a whole new storyline for me eventually joining the House of Black. And I told this to Jerry Lynn. I was like, how cool would it be if I joined the House of Black? He was like, I think that would be cool. Now on Malachi Black's reaction to Julia Hart joining the group, he would go on to say, at the time I wasn't very close with Malachi, and he's also a very intimidating presence, but that's in a good way, not in a bad way. I wanted to tell him, but I didn't know what he would think about my idea. Oh, this little girl wants to join our group. I don't know how exactly I remember approaching him, but I told Jerry, and I guess Jerry told him, meaning Malachi, and he came back to me and was like, you want to join the House of Black? Do you like doing that cheerleading stuff? I thought you liked doing that cheerleading stuff, he said. 
I was like, no, I need something different. I need something new and I need something more creative. I love all the dark stuff. I love it all and I'm here for that and I want my character to grow. If you'd like to find out more about what she had to say about joining the House of Black and all the reactions from the members of the group, continue following E-Wrestling News and more information will be coming forward. Andrew Ravens is writing at this hour for E-Wrestling News. John Moxley talks about his new contract extension in AEW and he's quoted by saying, I don't plan to ever go anywhere else. Now, All Elite Wrestling announced last Friday that John Moxley signed a new five-year contract. That is tacked onto his original deal that had recently expired. That means he'll be in AEW through 2027. Now, it was previously reported that he was working on a handshake agreement until they were able to finalize all the deals of the agreement. In an interview with Sports Illustrated, Moxley had to say this about his decision to stay with AEW. I don't plan on going anywhere else, Moxley said. It's just the best job in the world, and I'm very lucky to have it. In AEW, all I worry about is wrestling, and that's my focus, and that's my joy. I love storytelling. I love promos. I love wrestling. I love coming up with ideas for other people as well, and I love learning. For me, it's just simply a perfect fit. If you'd like to find out more what John Moxley had to say about his love not only for wrestling but for AEW and his desires to stay there until the end of his career, continue following eWrestling News. MJF is making news at this hour. The salt of the earth comments on his current relationship with Cody Rhodes since Rhodes has departed AEW and gone back to WWE. Now, although Cody Rhodes isn't in AEW anymore, as he decided to return back to his roots in WWE, it hasn't stopped the current AEW star MJF from reaching out to him, and he still refers to him as one of his best friends. Now, they were aligned in the early days of AEW before MJF turned heel on his mentor, and they had a grudge match at Revolution 2020. Now, while speaking on the Sam Roberts Not Sam Wrestling show, MJF opened up on his relationship with Cody Rhodes and said the following, I still call him, and when I honestly need something, which I rarely need advice, I mean, look at me. I call him, and I respect the hell out of him. And I'll call him, and I'll get a masterful opinion on something that I need. With more information, or if you would like to see more of this, you can follow the Not Sam Wrestling's YouTube channel and see all of the highlights of the interview with Maxwell Jacob Friedman. We have some brand new news on Warner Brothers Discovery wanting to continue to build a relationship with AEW and continue building new programming. Now, Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour. There have been a lot of reports going out right now about cost cutting across various Warner Brothers Discovery networks, which has caused some concern about what the future of AEW would be as they approach negotiations for their next television deal. Now, The Hollywood Reporter has an interview with Warner Brothers Discovery U.S. Network Group Chair and Chief Content Officer Kathleen Finch. Now, in the interview, Finch seemed happy with the ratings that AEW has done. AEW usually ranks among the top five programs in their demos on Wednesday night, which has been touted in recent press releases that have been sent out by Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, Finch noted that they are looking to add some additional content to the programming as well. This is what was said. We really play in the sports space. One of the things that we're doing around sports is creating shoulder programming to hold on to those fans. AEW, all elite fans, pull huge numbers. So we're working that into wrestling to teaming up to figure what other content we can build around that's not necessarily in the wrestling ring. 
Now, there's a lot of speculation on what exactly those comments mean, but we will stay on top of it. Continue following you wrestling news and Adam Ravens, Andrew Ravens, as he will be giving you more information. Brian Danielson's making news at this hour. Brian Danielson says, not only let the man once in his career, but not in WWE. Brian Danielson's been one of the most successful wrestlers in this modern era. He's successfully gone ahead and broken through that glass ceiling of what a champion could be. Now, Danielson has an incredible tenure in WWE, but never felt like he was quote-unquote the man during his 11-year run with the company. Danielson and Brian Danielson left WWE in 2021. He was a five-time world champion and also became a Grand Slam winner and a Money in the Bank winner. Speaking to the Toronto Sun, Danielson addressed the only time he felt like he was a top star in any promotion, which came before WWE. He would go on to say in 2005 is probably the first and only time I've ever really been considered the head man of a company. Now, it's really the first and only time it's ever happened in my career. Now, Danielson, who's a former Ring of Honor World Champion, will challenge current champion Chris Jericho on tonight's AEW Dynamite episode. The show will be the first AEW Dynamite held in Canada. For more information on all this, continue following E-Wrestling News and more information on everything happening in this big match and what Danielson has to say about his career will be forthcoming. John Fuentes is writing in at this hour about Jim Ross. Jim Ross says he is happy and plans to finish his career in AEW and has zero plans on going back to WWE. AEW broadcaster Jim Ross recently took to his podcast Grilling JR to discuss several professional wrestling topics, including how Triple H is doing so far in WWE and whether he returned to the company to finish out his career. He also touches on some other topics as well. Now, his opinions on how Triple H is doing right now, and I quote, I think he's doing fine. It's a reset. All decks on hand. They're getting new players and new positions where they want them to be in. So I think he's done a good job. It's not an easy job and it's a thankless job at large, but he's getting some free passes right now because he's the new guy. And I do think he's the right guy for the job right now. Now on the idea for The Undertaker and Mankind to have a match in Alcatraz, believe it or not, this was something that was pitched. Jim Ross would go on to say, We kept looking for scenes. We kept looking for settings during the Undertaker-Mankind scenario. We knew the marriage worked between the two of them. We knew these guys liked working together as well. So I was trying to come up with something, come up with a location that they could utilize and something that was different. You know, how many times can you put people in a boiler room? How many times can you put people in hell in a cell? You know, we got to get past that kind of stuff. So I thought, well... How about we have a match at Alcatraz where the doors are opened up for the first time and we can see some amazing spectacles of stuff that happens in there. I thought it did have some intrigue. It would be unique and something to say at the very least. So there was so much red tape to get through to try to set something up like that. But much as my chagrin, it just wasn't meant to be and it didn't work out. Now, he also commented on if he'd be interested in being head of talent relations in AEW. This is what he said. I'm not really interested in, to be honest with you, in that position. If Tony Khan came to me and said, can you help me with talent? I work with a lot of the talent already. You mentioned the acclaimed earlier. I don't ever go to TV and I don't have a conversation with the acclaimed or Wardlow or anybody else. I have a small list of people. Darby Allen. There's a lot of these guys I talk to at every TV and that's one of the reasons why I like to do TVs on Wednesdays, even though I'm not broadcasting Dynamite anymore. 
I like the opportunity in a controlled environment, some sort of degree to talk to these kids, whether it would be creating something or sitting with them in catering or being somewhere with them backstage, wherever that may be. I don't have an office anymore. I don't even have a private locker room, so I don't have any of that kind of stuff anymore. Now, on if Jim would ever consider returning back to WWE for his finale, he said, Those theoretical questions are hard to address. I'm a businessman, and I'm very happy in the business with the company I am in right now. Now, what would happen if that job or that situation didn't quite work out? Well, we'll just have to wait and see. I take things on a case-by-case scenario. But that's not something I'm looking into doing. I told Tony Khan that this is the place I want to finish my career, my full-time career at AEW. Maybe it's coming in and doing a pay-per-view here or there. Maybe it's coming in and doing a special like Battle of the Belts or, once again, a pay-per-view. But like I said, it's not something I would like to do and not something I would like to think about right now as far as going back to WWE. If you'd like to read more about what Jim Ross had to say about his relationship with Tony Khan and his future plans within the organization and his plans to not leave, continue following the wrestling news and more information will be coming forward. Zach Clayton officially announces that he is all elite. Zach Clayton announced that he has officially signed a contract with AEW. He would go on to say the following, the landscape of AEW has changed indefinitely and that's because I've officially signed a contract to be all elite. Let me tell you what that means. Number one, you're going to respect me. Number two, you're going to worship the ground that I stand on. Number two, again, I'm going to do whatever I want around here. I don't care who likes it or who doesn't. All of a sudden, everybody wants to play tough guy around here. Now everyone's a tough guy, I guess. So if everybody's a tough guy, then how about someone step up and challenge the reality? You know what? I'm sure that's not going to happen. So until then, how about I remind everyone that I'm the newest and biggest signee to AEW, the reality, Zach Clayton. For more information on Zach Clayton, continue following eWrestling News and continue following AEW programming as more information will be forthcoming. David Esposito is writing in at this hour that Anthony Bowens and the Acclaimed were once asked not to do the scissoring anymore. Wrestling fans everywhere are familiar with the scissoring, and it's all thanks to the Acclaimed. Now, I promise you right now, but it always wasn't that way. Anthony Bowens and Max Caster knew that the Acclaimed had something, but they were currently on the roster and things weren't exactly happening for them. But then they rose the ranks and they got over with the audience and soon became tag team champions with their gimmick. And it's gotten over with them huge. Bowen often notes that, you know what, in the past, not everyone loved the acclaim. Bowens recently spoke with The Atlantic for an interview related to the popular duo and their scissoring gimmick. Now, here are some things that he had to say. He didn't think the scissoring gimmick would get over as much as it did. He would say, and I quote, Thankfully, no, I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I had no idea it would get over the way it has. We were originally asked not to do it, but for whatever reason, we just started doing it again. And it was on the floor of the arena. And then I looked up and all the fans started doing scissoring gestures with each other, yelling to each other to scissor them. And then we knew we had something there. And as it turned out, it's the biggest thing in professional wrestling right now. People can't get enough of scissoring one another. We do it at meet and greets now. For hours, every single person will come up to us and say, can we scissor you? I think it's fantastic. Now, he also talks about what it's like working with someone like Billy Gunn, a legendary wrestler in the business and a Hall of Famer. 
He said, It's been huge. He was part of the biggest tag teams in professional wrestling history back in the day. He has so much knowledge. He is so smart. To be able to pick his brain and figure out a strategy of how we're going to attack our opponents, he's been an absolutely incredible resource. He's a legend. And you know what? I can see why. For more information on all of this, continue following E-Wrestling News, and more information will be coming forward. Tony Khan is making news at this hour. Tony Khan is hyping up AEW being in Canada. Joshua Jones is writing in at this hour. All Elite Wrestling will be holding Dynamite again. That'll be tonight, but this night will be in Canada. Speaking with the star AEW president, Tony Khan discussed the importance of Wednesday's show being a huge milestone within the company. He would go on to say, the importance of this show for all AEW wrestling fans out there. To debut in Toronto is a huge milestone. WWE has ran shows in Toronto and throughout Canada for decades, but it's the first time that our promotion has had an international presence in Canada. And we have a great roster, great wrestlers, our unmatched financial resources, and our international television partners, and I love it. Now, on the challenges of wrestling and things that have changed in the industry in 2022, this is what Khan had to say. There have been a lot of changes in pro wrestling just in this past year. I think AEW has pushed forward whether we've had to change internally or we had to change externally from our promotion. AEW has built a great audience worldwide. Look, we're in over 130 countries. We're definitely keeping a close eye on changes in the world of wrestling and things that happen outside of AEW, but our main focus is on what we are doing in-house for ourselves. For more information on all of this, continue following eWrestling News, and you can follow Tony Khan on all forms of social media. Joshua Jones is also writing in about Chris Jericho being excited to be back home in Canada. Now, the former AEW World Champion Chris Jericho spoke with Now Toronto about performing in Canada for AEW fans on Dynamite tonight. Jericho will defend the Ring of Honor World Championship against Brian Danielson in a big-profiled match that will be happening in Toronto. Now, despite being billed from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, Y2J isn't worried about receiving cheers for his work. Now, on performing for AEW in Canada, this is what Jericho had to say. It's been a long time coming. Right out of the gate, we were a big hit in Canada. I knew our numbers on TSN were really good. But we had this little thing called the worldwide pandemic that delayed us getting up here into Canada to perform. I was always asking, when are we going to go to Canada? What about Toronto? Now, it just didn't happen. But now, it is happening and I'm really excited. Toronto wrestling fans are off the charts. You know, whenever someone asks me about best wrestling cities in the world, I always say London. Chicago, Tokyo, and Toronto. Toronto is so loud. You cheer for who you want to cheer for. Sometimes that would drive the people in WWE crazy if they'd cheer for other people who the bosses wanted them not to. But you know what? It's the land of Bizarro. That's the way Canadians are. We'll go nuts for the people we like and we'll boo who we hate. We don't care, but we're just supposed to have some fun. But I'm excited to see what kind of reactions we get tonight. If you'd like to read more about what Chris Jericho had to say about the huge match coming up on Dynamite with Brian Danielson, continue following eWrestling News and more information will be coming forward. Let's go ahead and jump over to our friends over at Wrestling Inc. 
Matt Cardona issues a statement regarding his WWE rumors and for a possible return. Now, with today's rumors about Matt Cardona making a move back to WWE, as well as the company's reported interest in his wife and former NXT star Chelsea Green, Cardona had released a statement exclusively to Wrestling Inc., clearing the air and revealing that while he is open to a return, the former NWA Heavyweight World Champion has a lot going on right now as his life as it is. He would go on to say, Being the star of the last match musical, the host of the major wrestling figure podcast, 13 best wrestler in the world, according to PWI, it keeps me very busy, Cardona said. However, I'm always ready for an opportunity. Along with a report that Green, Cardona's wife, is said in a tweet regarding a rematch between himself and Drew McIntyre that stirred up a lot of people on social media wanting to know if he would be returning to the company. Now, the former Zack Ryder might be interested in a return to his old stomping grounds, but Cardona was released back in April of 2020 alongside a number of talent, including Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, who just recently re-showed back up on Monday Night Raw this week. Cardona is often recognized as one of the first wrestling stars to build a support around him from the internet in his presence. In 2011, Cardona started a web series called Z, the true Long Island story, which helped him garner a number of fans. WWE initially took notice of this, with him eventually capturing the United States Championship. However, his reign was short-lived as many WWE fans felt that WWE never truly capitalized on his popularity or his abilities. Now, whether or not Cordona decides to come back to WWE at some point right now is still undetermined, but the possibilities of Chelsea Green going back to NXT are definitely alive and well. For more information, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. We got some behind-the-scenes update on Carl Anderson's future with New Japan Pro Wrestling after he debuted on Monday Night Raw. Now, on WWE Raw this week, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows made their shocking return to the WWE, coming to the aid of AJ Styles and brawling with Judgment Day to a fantastic ovation. While many fans were happy to see them back in the WWE, the moment did raise some very interesting questions regarding the status with New Japan Pro Wrestling particular because Anderson is the never open weight champion. Now, how would that work? Many know in the WWE that once you work for them, you are exclusive just for them. But maybe things might be different now that the Vince McMahon era has ended. According to a report from Fightful Select, Anderson is still planning on working the annual Tokyo Dome show, Wrestle Kingdom 17, which will take place on January the 4th. Meanwhile, New Japan Pro Wrestling is still advertising the upcoming title defense against Hikolo at the Battle Autumn show, which is going to be happening on November the 5th. Now, all of this is indicating that from some sort of deal between the two promotions that will allow him to work for both companies. Now, if that in fact is the case, it wouldn't rule Anderson and likely Gallows out of WWE's upcoming premiere event at Crown Jewel, which will take place again on November the 5th. Obviously, it would be difficult for Anderson to appear in Rahad and then over in Osaka as well, which would also be a difficult thing for Gallows, as he's part of the New Japan Strong episode, where he would also be doing it as well. For more information on both of these guys and what's going to be happening now that they potentially work for two different companies, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming.
If you're enjoying this podcast, remember Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling, whether it's WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and so many more. We're a daily podcast that's absolutely free of charge anywhere you get your fine podcasts. Let's go ahead and let's jump right back into the headlines. Ric Flair once gave Kurt Angle some very good advice about joining WWE. Now, many know that Kurt Angle is the Olympic gold medal champion in WWE, the only gold medal Olympic champion, but it doesn't mean that he has all the answers. At one point, Ric Flair was the one giving advice to Kurt Angle. Before becoming a professional wrestler and future WWE and Impact Wrestling Hall of Famer, Kurt Angle pulled off the impossible when he won a gold medal in the 1996 Summer Olympics with a broken neck. Now, the first time he made his WWE debut was in 1999, until he left the company in 2006 before joining Impact. The Pittsburgh native would then also hold multiple championships throughout his run, including the European and Intercontinental, the WWE and World Heavyweight Championships, living up to his Wrestling Machine nickname backstage. Angle would then return to WWE for his Hall of Fame induction back in 2017. He would then spend the next two years wrestling, on again and off again, finally culminating in his retirement match at WrestleMania 35 with Baron Corbin. Now, not only has Angle been one of the best wrestlers in the business, but his character work is on top notch with just about anyone. Angle has been involved with some of the biggest comedic spots in wrestling history with Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin and even Edge. However, it wasn't always that easy for the WWE Hall of Famer. Back in 1999, Angle would have made some steps that might not have been the best. But Kurt Angle reached out to Ric Flair before signing with the WWE and wanted to get some advice. While promoting his A&E documentary that aired earlier this summer, Angle sat down with the New York Post to discuss his career in wrestling. Now, in the interview, Angle shared an interesting fact about how he ended up signing with WWE and deciding not to go to WCW, a move that Angle felt was the right move during the height of the night Monday Night Wars. He would say this, I met with Ric Flair right before I signed with WWE in 1999, and I said, Hey Rick, do you think I should go to WWE or should I come to WCW? Angle said. Rick was in WCW at the time. He said, Do not come to WCW. They'll annihilate you. They will crush you. Go to WWE because Vince McMahon will take care of you. And he was absolutely right. That's what Vince McMahon did. He took care of me. Angle also had many discussions about what other aspects of wrestling that he needed to know about from the dirtiest player in the game. If you'd like to find out more about the conversations between Kurt Angle and the legendary Nature Boy Ric Flair, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. Road Dogg is making news at this hour. Dominic D'Angelo is writing in. Road Dogg says his new WWE direct directive talent is a huge, huge opportunity for him right now. Now, Road Dog Brian James is back with WWE. He was rehired by the company recently in the role of Senior Vice President of Live Events. But in a conversation with Josh Martinez of Superstar Crossover, the former creative director of character development in NXT spoke about how much his previous persona had changed and affected the way that many people get called up to the main roster as they used to in the past. He would go on to say, All these people who are coming up today, they changed their name and they changed their character, and I feel like it was really problematic from the get-go. Now, during his time backstage in NXT, he worked with all the talent and collaborated together on their personas. Now with Triple H, 
the head of creative and the chief content officer, James feels like, you know what, it's all about keeping continuity right now overall when it comes to talent. He also would go on to say, and I quote, I think individually, it's a lifted weight off of people's shoulders. They come up with this character, and it works, and they sink their teeth into it in NXT. But then when they end up going to the main roster under the old regime, things would change. Their names would change, and it was gut-wrenching. And honestly, personally for me, it was tough as well. But now, things are different. If you'd like to hear more about what he has to say about how the streamlined process in NXT and the main roster is now under the Triple H, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be coming forward. Ric Flair himself, the former 16-time champion of the world, is commenting on the issues that have been happening between his son-in-law Andrade and Sammy Guevara inside of AEW. Now, AEW saw their latest backstage incident happen prior to the October 5th edition of AEW Dynamite. Now, this happened between Andrade and Sammy Guevara in a situation that resulted in El Idolo being sent home. The occurrence came following a heated exchange on Twitter that traced back to Guevara claiming that El Idolo had hit him too hard in their prior matches, and he didn't like it. Which, Jose, the assistant, then commented on Guevara and said, The two-time Hall of Famer and father-in-law of El Idolo, Ric Flair, has now commented on the situation as well, and he has some feelings about what had transpired. He would go on to say, I've only met Sammy one or, once or twice. He's very nice to me, Flair said on To Be The Man podcast. I don't think that I'd want to be in a locker room with Manny. I visited Manny's home. I knew how he grew up. Now, I know what Manny's capable of doing. Manny's a lot like Sin Cara. Very tough. Sin Cara has beat up half the guys in the business. I feel pretty comfortable in saying that, you know what, Sammy wouldn't put much of a fight up. I've got nothing against Sammy as a wrestler, but Manny's a really tough guy in life. There's a lot of tough guys in the business, but you know what? Manny's one of them. Now, Flair also discussed AEW's recent success and how his stepdaughter believes operations are moving forward. Tony's got his hands full right now, Flair continued. I don't know that the process has been the best right now behind all of his decisions, but they've enjoyed a lot of success as well. I mean, well, let's think about it. Sophia, of course, my stepdaughter works for them, and she's having a great time, and she thinks a lot, and she's very happy with the way things are running. If you'd like to hear more about what the Nature Boy had to say, continue following Wrestling Inc., and more information will be coming forward. Gangrel is making news at this hour. Danny Wilsonholm is writing, Gangrel recalls how Steve Blackman and JBL handled backstage disputes back in WWE during the Attitude Era. Now, at the time when tempers would flare backstage behind the curtain in WWE, there were certain people that would step up and take things into their own hands during the Attitude Era. Now, he's talking about JBL as being one of them. Now, he would go on to say, We didn't see a lot of backstage fights, Gangrel told KNS WrestleFest. And, you know, they'd go into another room and they'd talk it out and they would keep it private. I've seen where Steve Blackman got mad at Bradshaw. Everyone just kind of went in their own rooms and everyone walked out and everything eventually got worked out. I believe they went out of their way to make sure things didn't continue. Now, I'm sure there were more fights between people, but I don't think any of that took place and fans never heard about it either. We should never hear about it. That kind of stuff should never be leaked out of the workplace. 
everybody needs to just be professional. Now, backstage fights in All Elite Wrestling have seemingly become commonplace, with the most recent high-profile skirmish between Sammy Guevara and Andrade Alidolo prior to their encounter to their all-out pay-per-view event media scrum, which also saw CM Punk, A-Steel, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks get into it as well. Now, it should also be noted that Sammy Guevara also had an issue with Eddie Kingston as well. Now, right now, no one is saying anything more from AEW regarding how this situation is going to be handled, but right now, Elilo has been sent home. For more information on all of this, and if you'd like to find out what else Gangrel had to say, continue following Wrestling Inc., and more information is coming forward. Ross Berman's writing in at this hour. Daniel Cormier makes a big admission about his guest refereeing spot at the WWE Extreme Rules. Now, Daniel Cormier has fought numerous UFC main events and has been on the headset for numerous others. So one would assume that it's old hat when it comes to being in front of thousands and thousands of people. But apparently his recent appearance in WWE was a little bit more than that. Now, as many know, Cormier was refereeing the fight pit match between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle, and he says that match itself had him sweating. He would go on to say in a quote, I was in the back and I was so nervous, Cormier explained to ESPN MMA. I started for forgetting the match and I was like, oh my goodness, I I'm forgetting when the pin's going to happen. I kept having to ask myself questions. I was so, so nervous. Now, Cormier says that despite his nerves, he found solid footing once he walked through the curtain into the Philadelphia's Wells Fargo Arena. He says it was so much fun. The energy of the crowd was second to none. Now, according to Cormier, he's fought in front of bigger crowds, 15,000 plus that were reported in Philly. But ultimately, that's a shoot. And I'm going to fight and I'm going to do what I got to do. Remembering all these points and all these moments in this match, man, that's tricky for me. And then managing the crowd's excitement as well. Oh, man, I had fans heckling me, and they were calling me family members patriarch Carl Winslow. And they're saying DC just means climb the cage. And I'm like, I'm not going to go to the top of the cage. That's for these dudes to do. Now, ultimately, Cormier lost himself in the finish of the fight pit match, where wrestling fans had little leverage, and Riddle jumped off. I couldn't believe it. That was actually quite a moment. Now, while Cormier enjoyed the energy from the crowd and the match itself, and some of the wild moments, his favorite part? I essentially got to be Herb Dean for one night. For more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc., and more information will be coming forward. That's going to do it for the headlines for today, Wednesday, October the 12th, 2022. Remember, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling, whether it's WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, and so many more. We're a daily podcast that's free of charge anywhere fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, my name is Mike Freeland, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of Headlines. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week, I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my 
my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The rule.